I'm Bill Lawrence, and this is my Big Bag of Onions. They got Maine to California, broken hearts and bars unknown. And through this night we'll share a lover On that dark radio Had a soul made me so lonely Hands pressed cold against the phone The young stars were sitting by the College President George Brushhaber spoke of a missing generation of younger leaders ready to take the places of the senior post-World War II group of evangelical pioneers. My own travels and observations have led me to believe this is a worldwide phenomenon. Yet I am encouraged to believe there is a new group of younger men and women, roughly 40 and under, emerging into leadership around the world. In response to both the lack of and the new wave of leaders, there is an urgent need for the cultivation of leadership. I believe we can make either of two opposite mistakes in viewing leadership emergence. One is to attach a mystique to leadership that says, in effect, leaders are born, there is nothing we can do about it. The opposite is to say, leaders are made. With the right techniques, we can produce them.
my papa Rock for my sister to get things right I rock when I'm lonely I rock for you While it's tempting to think nostalgically about life before the smartphone, the truth is that teens still ignored their parents and got into trouble back then. Kids still watched too much television and did not eat enough vegetables. Business leaders still felt as if they needed more than 24 hours in a day. Parents still struggled to balance work and life. We've had these problems for a long time, but the ways that we address these challenges today are different. We have too many tools, now many of them digital, so many that it's nearly impossible to decipher which ones to use effectively. They range from expensive to homemade, shiny to boring, sleek to cumbersome. And those characteristics don't define their utility.
big bad West did not come into China and destabilize a perfectly ordered, happy, and traditional society. And if that sounds positively reactionary, it is only because you have not heard the rest of the story yet. Yes, Western influence, especially in the 19th century, wrought devastating havoc on China, and it took well over a century for it to recover. Nothing, nothing that I am saying lets the Western powers, and especially the opium-selling British, off the hook, so to speak. Nothing. The colonial incursions certainly made it worse, much worse, but the cracks in the indigenous structure were serious. The foundations were ready to crumble before the Westerners arrived. China's stultifying array of rituals and rules bound its populace and limited its progress, and Confucian practices had long been central to that system.
shadows can't hide The eyes of continues Aren't too hard to find Remember the days Remember the times When I watched you And you cursed them Friendships at midlife are a little like a smoke detector. You need them in theory, but they can be a nuisance to keep up, especially if you're juggling children, aging parents, and a career. So you let them run out of juice. You don't really miss them until the house begins to burn and you wish you had a few firemen nearby. For growing legions of baby boomers, friends serve as lifelines, surrogate families, a new kind of shelter in the storm. Historic numbers of middle-aged people live alone, single or divorced, scattered across the country, disconnected from their families of origin. Many live a solitary existence by day as well. Now science is showing that friends are the surest defense against one of the most ruthless killers, isolation. Every evolutionary instinct cries out for trusted companions, and the more the merrier, because the more friends you have, the healthier, happier, and more mentally acute you will be, now and in your later years.
Well, I've seen them buried in a sheltered place in this town. They tell you that this rain can sting and look down. There is no blood around, see no sign of pain. Seeing no day in November 2013, 9.15 a.m. My hands are sweating. I, I mean sweating. That has never happened to me before. I've never been so excited and terrified at the same time. I feel as if I'm in a dream. 
A thousand thoughts run through my head, but the ones that stand out the most are, is this real? Is this actually happening? What have I done? What am I about to do? For the first time in my life, I feel afraid. What if I make a mistake? What if I say something that'll ruin me for life? I'm freaking out inside. As I twitch nervously, I look down at my phone to check the time. But instead, I focus on another text from a former client that just flashed on my screen. The message reads, we can never work with you again. Wow, I, really? It's that bad. Okay, breathe. What have I done? Oh yeah, something huge. Something disruptive. start out 
like I did, in a relatively content place. You hold a position in life, whether it is a specific occupation or a family role like a primary caretaker. You enjoy many aspects of your life. Your career is in a good place. You're financially stable and you have a well-paying job. You may even be in a relationship that you adore and enjoy. Your family is supportive, caring, and nurturing at least some, if not all, of the time. On all counts, you are successful and content with everything you've accomplished up until now. However, for some reason, restlessness sets in. Cracks are beginning to appear around your seemingly comfortable life. You realize your rock-solid foundation maybe isn't so rock-solid. You're listening to My Big Bag of Onions. Jody wears a hat although it hasn't rained for six days. She says a girl needs a gun these days Hey, on account of those rattlesnakes On account of those rattlesnakes She looks like a movie saint On the waterfront She reads some child haunts her now as she speeds down the freeway as she drives her log with the traffic police out of boredom more than spite she never finds no trouble she tries too hard she's oblivious despite herself
The images that arise from the image gathering exercises lead us to look at aspects of ourselves and our world that are not in the future, but are already there, awaiting discovery. These images are pre-verbal messages, aspects of self-awareness that have not yet been processed through the language centers of the brain. In being pre-verbal, they have a premonitory quality. They bring news, hints about what might be. If we are able to get the message and act on it, they point to knowledge about ourselves and our world that will be known more completely only later, when we have had time to take it in fully and express it in words. Once we have collected these images, we will go back and say, "So what are the patterns here?" Then we will bring our analytical consciousness to bear and say, "What are the core themes? What are the dynamic tensions?" Analysis can help us become strategic and tactical about how to move forward. First, though, we must slow down.
Have you ever started up your car and had the warning bell start going off, but it wasn't obvious what was making it ring? You open and shut the doors, check to make sure everyone's seatbelts are on, slam the trunk a couple of times, and still it dings. Only after you give up and realize you're driving against resistance do you realize that your parking brake is on. Unclick it and you're off. That's what I see happening with entrepreneurs and executives in every size of business in every sector around the world. I talk with these people every day for a living. There are three things they say they're the most stressed about. One, leotards. Two, tights. Three, leg warmers and high top Reeboks. Wake me in the morning, tell me there's no time for sleeping Tell me that today's the day we're leaving Drive us to the waters edge, dive into my heart instead Tell me that we're home now, home is where the heart has room to dance Feels good enough for dancing and I know I have an audience with you here by my side if you need some privacy, I'll walk myself outside and count to ten. Mark this summer solstice with a moon dance for the weekend. Tell me that today's the day we're leaving. Fly us round to kingdom come, show thine work that need be done. Tell me we're in heaven now, and heaven is where everyone has room to run. Feels good enough for running I know I have some work to do with you here by my side And if we need somewhere to go we'll all just close our eyes and count to ten Time and again needs clear I'm in trouble when you're not near me Turn around and take your chances Part the sea, don't leave it up to me. Who I dance with? Who I dance with? All these preparations have been made for the proceedings. Tell me that today's the day we're needed. Throw that hands up in the air Show me there's a fire somewhere Point up to the sky now Open up your eyes and I'll find you there I'll find you anywhere I feel we have a mission now and I believe there is a plan And if it feels too much to bear Just stay right there and do the running man trouble when you're not near me turn around take your chances part the sea don't leave it up to me who i dance with who i dance with who i dance with who i dance with
think that the whole art of politics is to make selfish individuals more intelligent, which I call solidarity, and which Jacques Attali calls self-interested altruism. It's a question of making people understand it's in their own interest to take account of others' interests. It is in our own interest, for instance, to pay taxes. I don't at all believe in the progress of humanity, but I believe very much in the progress of society. Therefore, if you count on individual altruism to avoid economic crises, unemployment, poverty, then I won't follow you at all in that line of reasoning. In order to reconcile altruism and selfishness, politics were invented, which is a way to be selfish together and intelligently, rather than stupidly against each other.
the gate of the new west yard We'll watch the darkness reach away into the haze of another day We'll watch the darkness reach away into the haze of another day The circumstances in which we perceive something, its context, have an enormous effect on how we react to it. Your actions would be different if, a few feet away from you, you saw a poisonous snake poised to strike in a glass cage as opposed to skittering towards you on a table. We constantly take in all sorts of cues from the environment and also from our own thoughts and feelings. This, in fact, is why the placebo effect can be so powerful. Our conscious thoughts, which are formed in the prefrontal cortex, can spur physical changes throughout the body. The placebo effect is so powerful that once it's been in place for just a few days, the effect persists, even after people are told that they aren't getting the real drug. Believe me. 
What the archaeologist has found is not desolation, but a massive increase in rural activity. This does not mean that the countryside around Milan was a comfortable world. It was a hard-driven land. The landowners depended on the constant, brutal mobilization of labor. This was where the real hardship lay, and Ambrose knew it. When he wrote a practical letter of advice to the Bishop of Clarterna, a vulnerable area where grazing land in the foothills of the Apennines met the plain along the Via Emilia, what concerned him most was that the gangs of seasonal laborers mobilized to bring in the harvest should receive their wages on time.
When you're out to reframe the game, by definition, you're trying to do something that hasn't been done before. A whole new ball game. That means that it's uncertain. It can make you crazy. And there will be many days when you wish someone could come along and give you proof that it will work. The trouble is, though it may be possible to prove that a certain approach won't work, the numbers don't add up, the theory is faulty, the product is too expensive to make, there's really no way to prove it will work except by making it work. So don't wait around for proof. You have to trust your gut and make a decision. When I think about how I unleashed my own strength to stay the course all those months at Gatorade with no certainty of success, I credit my amazing career coach. He said, stop worrying about whether you've made the right decision with this transformation, Sarah. Just make that damn decision right. Of the pink flamingo crying in the rain. He was a kind of so so love, and I'm gonna make sure it doesn't happen again. You and I had to be. The standing joke of the year You were a runaround A lost and 
found and that found me half here. Join me again soon for another journey through the pleasures of music, words, and sound. Be seeing you. Bill's Big Bag of Onions has been produced and directed by Adrian Cohen and is a guppy production for Colm Radio.